Hey folks, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is a spoiler show. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate has room for comments. The Dr. Fate fan podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Google Plus and Facebook has pages for Lords of Order on which you can comment as well. And on Twitter, Teal Productions will bring them to my attention. Today's episode 85, we're talking about more fun comics, issue 84, cover dated October 1942, with scripts by Mr. Gardner Fox, pencils, inks, and letters by Mr. Howard Sherman. Our title is entitled Crimes Hobby House. Now, as all of these more fun comics um, stories are available, Golden Age Dr. Fate Archives put out by DC in 2007. Have you a hobby? Then beware, for an unusual criminal is stalking the city using the hobbies of others to commit crimes. Toy autos, stamps. This hijacker of hobbies uses harmless fads for sinister motives. And then Dr. Fate, the man of destiny, decides to start a hobby himself and go crook collecting in crime's hobby house. So we open on the latest film set of one Mordaunt Grimm. He is the money man, which I guess nowadays would make him the producer, I guess. And he's kind of bemoaning the fact that he's been working hard trying to make money at movies and has not been able to. Um, why does Hollywood get all the good stuff and we not here in Gotham? Now, that immediately brings to mind is that Gotham, uh, and you can't tell because the um, lettering is done all caps everywhere. So is that Gotham Little G, nickname of New York City? Or is that Gotham Big G, the same city that Batman is in? Batman was around during World War II on this planet. On this, uh, in this dimension, this they say this is Earth Two. I believe that's where the Justice Society is. So we know he's mixing with Batman with the Justice Society. So do they both live in the same, or not live, but crime fight in the same town? I don't know. I've not seen any connection for Doctor Fate with Batman in Doctor Fate's uh, uh, stories. So something to consider if you want to consider that other than just read the stories and move on, which sometimes for these golden age stories are the easiest thing to do, because if you try to figure it out, it, it hurts. So, But um, Mr. Grimm decides that he is going to rob a bank, so he takes a small toy car, fills it with some kind of explosive, and has it drive into the door, the front door of the bank, exploding, blowing the door to pieces. Meanwhile, in the back with a blowtorch, he is cutting bars to get in a window that way and makes off with the money. After this first job, he realizes, hmm, maybe he does have the wherewithal to do this uh, more consistently and decides that he is going to immediately start planning his next heist. Meanwhile, we cut to Salem, the Tower of Dr. Fate, wherein we see Dr. Fate this time, not Kent Nelson. Dr. Fate is sitting here reading, studying, probably, while Inza is attempting to contact him telepathically because she is being asked by the chief of police to do so to get Dr. Fate to look into these uh, or this bombing at the bank because they found pieces of a toy car 
and and that just defies explanation. Plus, I'm sure the fact that somebody got in and out, got the money, and, and was never seen or caught or anything, that probably is kind of vexing as well. But fate talks to Inza, locates her, goes to speak to her at the police chief's, maybe it's his office, let's see, it doesn't say... But uh, the narrator tells us here, interestingly, from the north swoops Dr. Fate, master of the ancient mysteries of Samothrace and Chaldea, S-A-M-O-T-H-R-A-C-E. I believe this reference was used because Samothrace is a small island in the Aegean on which is the temple complex also known as the Sanctuary of the Great Gods, one of the principal Pan-Hellenic religious sanctuaries. So, there, even though it's Aegean, it's not Egyptian, Aegean being off the, I'm sorry, off the Greek coast, um, not Egyptian. So, the gods of, lords of order uh, and chaos are both Egyptian and apparently Greek. So the police chief catches fate up on uh, what is going on. Meanwhile, Grimm is rounding up some boys because he's going to branch out enough that he needs boys now to help with his endeavors. Gives them their orders for the next caper he wants to pull. And we see at the home of Henry Cord, a wealthy millionaire... A toy plane is flying around, buzzing, getting Cord's attention. I wonder if he's related to Ted Cord. Hmm. And the plane explodes in a bright flash that blinds Cord. Fortunately, just as the blast goes off, Dr. Fate spies it because he is in the area as well, flying, doing his running jag through the air there. He sees the men enter the house goes to check and make sure Cord is okay, and then goes on deeper into the house to find the thugs that he saw enter through the side or through the back or some other way. But he checked on the injured person first, and then he's going on with the rest of his business. Grimm is after a rare three-dimensional magnifier. And while he's there, he'll knock over the safe and get some money. But the magnifier is the main thing he wanted. He needs it for future capers that he's already planned out. Fate encounters the thugs. Meanwhile, Grimm gets away. Fisticuffs, slamming them around, beating them up, quips, the whole nine yards. We see Grimm. He gets to his hideout, uses the magnifier, and projects on a nearby wall a group of thugs. Um, And this is thugs in the 40s sense of the word. Um, Gangsters, we'll call them. With Tommy guns and pistols and bowlers and... Well, actually, it looks like they're wearing fedoras. Sorry. Suits. The whole nine yards. Fate is talking to... Um, well, look at that. I forgot his name already. Let me see here. Sorry, guys. Cord. That's it. He's talking to Cord. Cord tells him what was stolen. Uh, most interesting to Fate also is the projector, the 3D magnifier projector thing. Grimm goes out, robs another bank, and uses the projector to 
waylay the police. They focus their attention on the guys projected on the front wall in all its magnificent 3D glory, looking like real people with guns, and stands across the street behind their cars shooting up the building because nobody notices that the people aren't getting hurt, but the building behind them is chipping and spraying and everything else from where it's being struck by the bullets, oddly enough. Fate stops them, um, explains to them what's going on, how exactly it is they've been duped, then runs inside only to find that Grimm is gone, uh, leaving behind a bunch of stamps. Let's see, the narrator tells us, but Mordaunt Grimm is prepared for any emergency. He withdraws a handkerchief from his pocket. Stamps coated with nitroglycerol flutter out, settle to the floor. And then when fate runs in and he steps on one of these uh, nitro stamps, it explodes, throws him against the wall, um, and through the wall, actually, against the wall inside, through the wall to the outside, where he crashes to the ground. Gaining his wits back, he... Uh, goes airborne, looking for Grimm's getaway car, spies it parked, realizes that this must be Grimm's hideout. He's in this building. Just as he's about to enter the building, he stops and notices through the window a plant that, as he's watching it sitting on the windowsill, wilts, and realizes that the room on the other side has been gassed, which is a trap that Grimm had left for Fate. Again, he knows that Fate's only weakness is his lungs. I think it was a mistake for Dr. Fate that that news ever got out, because now everybody knows, and everybody is trying to use it against him. You know, they're thinking well enough ahead to to realize that if we can get him to breathe something in, we we got him. Uh, And it works, you know, most of the time, sometimes not but um, either way that that was that was bad information for fate to ever let get out so he um grim comes back after some period of time where we're not really told um i guess to get the rest of his stuff i don't think he really made out of the room with everything he just trapped the room and left comes back finds fate unconscious on the floor and is trying to figure out what his next step is going to be when fate awakens and takes him by surprise, knocks him out, we find out that in the room were some dummies, one of which fate grabbed up, dressed up as himself. I wasn't aware that he carried a spare uniform and helmet uh, on his person, but apparently he does because he dressed the mannequin up just like himself. Or he dressed up the mannequin, hid, then took the clothes off the mannequin, put them back on, and beat up Grimm, one or the other. I I preferred... uh, It makes more... less sense to me that he had a spare uniform and put it on the dummy. But who knows? Again, see? You you try to figure all these things out of Golden Age stories and it just... It falls apart on you. So just don't handle it overly much. You know, just eat it and, and just move on. That's... Yeah. Like a nice cake, because we never mind. Um, knocks Grimm out, then carries him off to the um, police chief, saying, "You know, the chief of police has an interesting hobby too. He collects criminals. He's dying to get his hands on you." Nah. 
If your hobby is action, then you're bound to collect a thousand thrills when you read the next issue and meet a new Dr. Fate that tells us what is in store for us in issue 86 of More Fun Comics. But before we get to coverage of that, we will talk about the rest of Dr. Fate's appearances in All-Star Squadron. I will summarize as best I can issues 50 through 60 for us. And that pretty much for the next, um, looks like 20 to 30 episodes maybe, uh, will round out any retconned Golden Age appearances from Dr. Fate. So for the next while, we will get back to alternating between more fun comics and all-star comics appearances exclusively, which is, you know, kind of positive for those fans out there of the true Golden Age stories. Um, The retconned Golden Age stories just don't, in my mind anyways, don't have the same feel as the genuine Golden Age stories. Um, All-Star Squadron, I really enjoy the book. I like Roy Thomas, but it just doesn't have the feel of these that are made by Fox and Sherman so far and others as the time will change uh, truly from the Golden Age. So kind of looking forward to to getting into the the Golden Age Um for the next, like I say, 20-some, somewhere between 20 and 30 episodes, I think, is, is what we will have after next episode. My All-Star Squadron catch-up that involves Crisis on Infinite Earths. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0, unported license.